Hey guys, Shane here. I uh, just wanted to say thank you, as always, for listening to the Crow Pod. And uh, if, if you like what we do here and want to help us out, you can go to uh, anchor.fm backslash crowpod and click on the support button. You got three different options there, uh, 99 cents, $4.99, and $9.99 uh, monthly contribution. Anybody who does the four ninety nine level, uh, you get one live read per month on air or, you know, like on, on the main show for your business or charity or whatever you got going on. If you do the nine ninety nine, we'll give you a live read uh, every single episode uh, the, of the main show. So every single week on the main Crow Pod, uh, we'll give you a shout out for your business or charity or whatever you got going on. So uh, just like I said, you go to anchor.fm backslash Crow Pod, click on support, and uh, we'll, we'll get that message out to all of our listeners every single week. And, and that goes out not only on the Crow Pod Network, but on the Heart and Hand Network as well. Another episode of the Crow Pod. Hey, my voice finally broke for the first time in a while. Uh, joining me, Shane, of course, David Edgar. Hi, David. Classic Crow Pod. Shane's yeah. voice breaking on the intro. And let's face it, his internet will go down at some point, and a piano will fall on him. Just <laughs> a bus plows through my Yeah, just watch. <laughs> and Todd Van Allen. Hi, Todd. Hi, I just, uh, every time uh, Shane befalls some form of horrible fate, I always picture him carrying around a small little sign that says, yikes. <laughs> there used to be a character in a British sketch show called The Fat Show in the 90s called Unlucky Alf. Uh-huh. And he'd be walking down the street and he'd say, there's a bloody big hole at that at the bottom of the street there. Knowing my luck, I'll probably fall into it. And sure as fate, he would walk down the street. And it was one of those, you know, it would take the full 20 seconds of just him walking, get mm-hmm. to the hole and fall in. <laughs> and that's shame. That's absolutely shame. Uh, I, I have like the, the guy from the sickos meme just sitting outside my window all the time. Just, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just, just waiting on bad stuff. Just waiting on bad stuff happening. Oh, you. But, you know, to be fair, you, you go and seek it out if no bad stuff has happened to mm-hmm. you. <laughs> The, I love I love that you brought up the sickos because sadly I think the Ottawa Senators are retiring that particular meme for themselves this year and I was I was sad to see it go to be quite honest. Uh, yeah. Now I, I'm I'm very excited because you know like ESPN has hockey back Yay. instead of like this weird NBC Sports and mm-hmm. all the local yes. channels. Ice, and ice hockey, to David. Yes, 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 I saw you yeah. do. Um, but no, no you, like, you, you, you can go with hockey. I don't consider either of them real ah. sports. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but on my lovely ESPN Plus app, I get like a thousand NHL games this year. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, out of the, the Flyers' 82 games, I get 74 of them. That's not bad. Is, 
really cool. Yeah, yeah. well, because, I mean, you've got, you know, two against the Blackhawks, which I can just go down to the bar and watch. Mm-hmm. So I get to see 76 out of 82. And, and plus, chance. I don't know, I mean, so, some of those are probably like Saturday afternoon, game of the week kind of things. that, mm-hmm. that have Don't really you noticed. get shit for not supporting the Chicago team? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, the, the, well, so, you know, I had, like family from out near Philly. Ah, mm-hmm. So like we, we went out there when I was younger and we go, you know, like to the spectrum where the Flyers yeah. played back then. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, I mean, like, especially when I was young, the Blackhawks weren't on TV um, because <laughs> Rocky Wirtz in his infinite wisdom had this idea that um, if you don't put home games on television, People will come to the stadium. Oh, dude! Which is really how you grow a business. Yes. You know? um, that, so well, that, that wasn't unusual. That was Scottish. Well, yeah, that was that was up. the whole of Scottish football for years. I mean, so much so that when I was growing up, we didn't get English games shown live up here. Yeah. So it, it led to that phrase that chills people of my generation, except for viewers in Scotland. Right. And yeah, yeah, yeah. We would get, you know, some dreary chukter fucking about on a mountain uh, <laughs> in England. In England, would have, you know, Liverpool versus Everton, and you're right. like, this, this, this can't be fair. But yeah. what I never understood over here, and, and people listening to us in Scotland will remember this, it wasn't the TV companies who had this rule, it was the SFA. And the mm-hmm. SFA said, no, you're not allowed to show it. And then I couldn't figure this even as a kid. I mean, even eight years old, I was like, well, why don't the TV companies just tell them to fuck off? And yeah. then in the early 90s, the TV companies just told them to fuck off. Yeah. And the SFA were like, oh, Oh yeah, there's literally nothing we can do about a completely separate business choosing to do this. Right. Um, so I never understood. So we were denied all this great '80s football, uh, and instead we got, as I say, oh the mountains over here and the <laughs> over we, there. In, when when I was living in in Toronto, um, uh, I I had the benefit of a while. It's like when you give Rogers cable and internet a shit ton of money, they finally throw you a bone. So I had the NHL um, uh, ice package. Yeah. So I could I could watch anything anywhere. So it was right. like, hey, I have never seen St. Louis and the LA Kings play. Let's do that. So, <laughs> and that was fun. And, but but it also gave me access to all the Auto Centers games, which was great. But then eventually they figured out, nah, you're not paying us enough money, and they took it away from me. And the the, uh, the weird part was, the Senators games were always blacked out in Toronto. Always yeah. blacked out. Never. Yeah, it, that's, that's it was same, yeah. same reason. Yeah. yeah. It was just. It was so like here. I can see every game, and I'm uh, I'm a one hour walk from the arena. But like in Toronto, it's like, oh, we can't we can't show you a game that has hope. No, no, you watch the <laughs> Leafs, my friend. You you sit there and you think, oh, they could. No, they're just gonna fucking tank it. You just sit there and you wallow in your misery. You do that. <laughs> Internet's uh, killed that, hasn't it? Internet's it has. just absolutely uh, yeah, destroyed to a degree. I mean, I'm I'm always intrigued by like blackout rules, though. Still, because like you still have the 3 p.m. Oh, non-league blackout that. rule, which is the yeah. dumbest shit. Mm-hmm. And then major, <laughs> so major league baseball, right? Ha- held that Field of Dreams game, which was very yes. cool mm-hmm. in Iowa. In Iowa, yeah. right? Iowa, which has no professional baseball teams, right? right. No, no major league baseball teams, but five teams have a blackout restriction over the entire state of Iowa, which means on any given day, you can't watch a third of the league playing games if you live in Iowa, despite Iowa not having a team. Right. 
that, that's you know, that's great. It's, it's so that Well, I've always the argument the three pm thing, and it's you know an archaic rule, which is that oh, it will stop people going and watching their their team. Yeah. Well, I'm a Rangers fan. If Rangers are playing, I don't give a flying fuck who's playing. Last week, Liverpool were playing Manchester City. It didn't mm-hmm. occur to me for a second that I wasn't going to go and see Rangers Hibs. And due to the fact that there were fifty thousand in the ground, I don't think it appealed to, appealed to anybody else. My view on it is is that if someone is is that soft in their support of their team yeah that well, mm-hmm. i can't go out because there's a football match on the tv uh then you know they're probably going to find another reason not to go anyway it, it, it's just ridiculous but yeah it was just so bizarre and i, I didn't realize because i always think you guys over there are sort of ahead of us in terms of certainly media things you know certainly in terms of uh in terms of getting the product to the consumer basically you guys are always so far ahead of us i'm really surprised that they had that sort of because it's such a reductive piece of thinking isn't it well Mm -hmm. we'll force them to go to the game then no you won't they just won't watch your game (laughs) they will then have less interest in your side and that's get another three people who go but you might have had in the tv audience of millions quite a few who decided they would come to the next game and yeah it's it's just so ass backwards well, I mean, you know, that, that was when the Wurzes were doing that with the Blackhawks. They'd have like nine thousand people at the stadium, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But but then they got rid of the TV black, like literally within weeks of Rocky dying and his kids taking over. They got rid of the TV blackout, and then um, they started winning. So all of a sudden, not only were there nineteen thousand five hundred people at the United Center every game, uh, you know, people were watching on television all the time. Crazy yeah. how, how I mean, winning, that, that, winning will fix everything. It's, it's nuts how uh, that works. <laughs> we've had this discussion with Rangers about the women's team. They're you know wanting to get more publicity for it, and we're like, cool, they need to start winning things. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, yeah, but and I'm like, no, nope. any Rangers yeah. team will not get an audience until it's winning. It's that fucking yeah. simple. We'll grudgingly go along with the with the men's team, um, you know. Mm-hmm. Angrily, <laughs> we, we will go along with that, but we're not adding to our misery. Here we go. Yes, yeah. let's watch it. Well, interestingly, this week there's been a lot of talk about um, pain in football, in football fans who who experience pain, and it's. Uh, it's I been experience amazing. pain all the time. I don't know what yeah. you, you, you experience actual real pain. <laughs> oh, yeah. like, the, the, Shane goes to matches j- just before getting into a bear trap. Like it's yeah, usually exactly. around his ankle at that point. You know, Shane is essentially Homer Simpson, really, isn't he? Um, walked up <laughs> in the bowels of the he's, he's actually more sideshow Bob Stefan on rakes. Yeah, the yeah. rake gag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but over here, there's a lot of talk. Like Newcastle fans, and Newcastle fans, oh, it was it was terrible. And look, one of the worst things Mike Ashley did at Newcastle was he did, he removed the point. He removed hope. And every mm-hmm. football fan's entitled to it. But one of the things is, is the fans that have been jumping on this bandwagon there seems to be a certain type of supporter who wants to wallow and the best one i saw was arsenal fans go oh mm-hmm. we totally know what it's like no you fucking don't <laughs> what's the pain you've experienced well, we haven't won the league in years and and we've not been in the champions league oh my god that must be terrible when you're sitting in your science fiction stadium you know yeah. watching watching your 72 million pound substitute Pepe warm up it must be absolutely atrocious for you <laughs> and then you look at like you know Benny fans will pop their heads up and go you, you know that we don't exist anymore that was quite painful 
Mm-hmm. You know, that that that's genuine pain. And I would offer as a Rangers supporter, it was painful for us not winning the league. It really was, right? But it was nothing compared to being dropped down three fucking divisions and having to play plumbers. That <laughs> that was genuine pain. But you know, and look, I, I do have some sympathy for Newcastle fans, although the fact that I, I've always said this that football fans, if ISIS had money and took over an yep. English Premiership team, I don't think it would have a significant effect on their season tickets. No, I, I you know, I kind of I want to rant uh, Twitter. I mean, it, it was more like a blog without um, wasting my time and, and finding somebody to, to take it. But it, it's it, it it doesn't it doesn't matter, right? I mean, you've already got the Qataris that own City. They don't make their money in very good ways. Uh, Roman Abramovich did not get rich through building a company with, with his, you know, hard-earned, uh, <laughs> roll, rolled up his sleeves. No, he, well, he was, it he was, was, he was one of these, like, nine warlords <laughs> yeah, of but Russia. It, you know, to, be, to be fair, that's quite hard. Yeah, you, know, you have to – the hours yeah, no, you, yeah, you got you to – but, I mean, that's why I said no one, especially at the Premier League level, um, but there isn't a single billionaire that owns a sports team that people haven't died so that they could make their money. Yeah. This isn't special in that regard. And, and, uh, and so just let these like how many articles have there been in the fucking Guardian or the Athletic or the Times or fucking like even over here in the New York Times. So, like, oh, this, this is just horrible for football and these fans should not let this. Set. No, let them watch their fucking team. Mm-hmm. Like just let yeah. them be happy. Let them think that they might actually win something for the first time since 1969. It's not going to happen, but let them think that it might, and let them enjoy watching football for the first time without we, Mike Ashley in a deck. Absolutely, you're absolutely spot on. I, I actually was chatting to New York Times journalist on Twitter about this, um, mm-hmm. Rory Smith, because he did that. And one of the yeah. things he said is, we are all responsible. And I was like, no, we're not. <laughs> you know, yeah. we've, we've been quite clear. Oh, well, all of us watch this. Yes, we do. Same as we watch movies, same as we do. So I don't know if you've noticed, but there's a fucking pandemic going on. Let people just live the fight. It's not their fault that Saudi Arabia murdered Jamal Khashoggi. It's a terrible, horrible thing. But if our fucking government won't stand up to them, why the fuck do you expect some fat people from Jordanland? To suddenly go, well, yeah, lads, yeah, we need to take these to the International Tribe. We've got to take this out to the Hague and get them done like it, it, It's not going to happen. Just let them want. All Whoa. they want is to go to fucking work, right? Get home at night, make sure their kids are fed, and on a Saturday watch their football team. But it is that sort of, you know, incredible... There is a branch of football journalists, and unfortunately, it often does correspond mm-hmm. with the best ones, I'm afraid. I who, love that we now have a, a, a new character on the pod, uh, Michael from the Linton Travel Tavern, uh, <laughs> who is politically aware. You know, but well, his, his, I I grew up watching Alfida Pet, so, yeah, you know, yeah, which... Yeah. Which remains still the only good program ITV have ever made, and you know even by by this stage of the game. But so we I pony that you can. Yeah. Uh, I'm not bad at actually. I can do scouts. I can do Liverpool. I can do Mank. I can do Cockney, um, pretty well because I used to <laughs> I used to work the job where I had to do that uh, to get details because it was essentially. A, 
kind of like hacking in mm-hmm. a way but you were trying to get you know details of companies and stuff so you would put on different accents on the phone oh, nice. uh yeah well you know people would look at you like you're fucking mental but then when you got the info it was like in your face dick yeah the i so uh at the at the old pub um that the toronto supporters club used to be at um it was a, a kind of a, we had our club there we had you know the 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 banner up and so people knew when they came in yeah this is where toronto central watched the games but it was also an an open football pub so like teams you know like we liverpool supporters would come in and watch games arsenal supporters yeah. would come in you know whenever it came out but the biggest game and we had an overlap one time where like, i think we're playing like hibs or something like that on on one tv screen and the um uh uh, it was Newcastle Sunderland uh, was the other game. And I had to go through to, to get a drink order or something like that. And I'm walking through this crowd of Geordies from both sides of the, the divide. And I walk back and I just have this stunned look on my face and like, what, it, everyone's like, what is wrong? It's like, I just listened to them talk to each other. That is nothing but ticks and whistles. That is <laughs> nothing. I no, Like I have a good ear for accents. Like, you know, like, like a lot of the, the British Isles and, and, you know, Australia and New Zealand, like, you know, sort of, like, but as soon as you get Geordie, I'm stumped. Like I am <laughs> listening very high. I, I, I need a Rosetta stone of some yeah. sort to kind drunken, of through it. Drunken working class, Geordie, yeah. um, is just a minefield and I'm British, right? And I'm like, <laughs> sorry, mate, I've got no fucking idea what you did there. Mm-hmm. Um, similarly, drunken scouser is just basically Fuck. white noise that will yeah. you know only your dog can pick it up I mean, once I, they get I, to a certain I, level I, I love now steven gerrard and that is our manager uh-huh. but those fucking people <laughs> just god everything don't get open, don't uh, get as look I, uh, do you want me in the front of the paper again for anti scout <laughs> You know, let's just say, let's just, you know, you know that bit in The Simpsons where Lionel Hutz imagines a world without lawyers? That's what we are on this show these yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dancing around in a big circle know, hands. Speaking of the front of the paper, there's there, there's a strange dichotomy, thankfully, that uh, world sports has coughed up for us in that regard. Uh, you know, if we remember back now, five weeks ago, when the, the Daily Record started their internal investigation mm-hmm. following mm-hmm. on the back of... Um, their external non-investigation. Uh, <laughs> and, and so, I mean, to, to get one thing out of the way here and put on my journalist hat. Um, <laughs> Be careful, it's pointed. Yeah. The, the, the record has a, uh, we call him a public editor over here. I, th- I think they call it like a readership editor or something. Okay. That, that was, um, well, one, the record stated that they were holding an internal investigation, right? Mm-hmm. That they put this out via their official channels saying we are looking into the past tweets and, and, uh, you know, online comments of our staff. Um, and, and we will, you know, notify as the updates of this situation as they progress. Um, people have emailed, of course, wondering what the fuck happened with this investigation. And now the record has decided, again, via their public editor, which the purpose in a news organization of this position is to act as a kind of like a, a, a reader's voice within the newsroom, right? right. Um, 
you know, the, the, it's how it's supposed to work. Uh, they are now saying that the investigation is completed and the results will not be published. Uh, it's being handled in-house. Now, mm-hmm. one, you can't ethically do that, although, of course, <laughs> there's no ethics in this organization, as, mm-hmm. as we know. Yeah. Um, but but it's it, it's fucking befuddling. And, and, and now we have this wonderful case, because American sports never fails, mm-hmm. uh, of Sunday... Sunday, a bunch of emails from, from well, now former, former Rangers head yeah. coach. <laughs> uh, J- John Gruden got leaked. Now, Sunday, it was only racist emails. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and these stem going back, uh, again, historic, historic comments, right? Just like mm-hmm. with the record probe, going right. back 10 years of uh, him making racist comments and emails while he was the... Uh, commentator on ESPN's uh, uh, Monday Night Football broadcast. Mm-hmm. Now, racist emails weren't enough because this is America. You get you get one racism, or in his case, like dozens of racisms <laughs> rolled into one email. One combined racism. Yes. 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 So at about four o'clock yesterday afternoon, whoever had leaked those emails went, "Well, fuck, that didn't work." Oh, here's him uh, calling people queers and faggots and and all other sorts of shit. Let's let's go ahead and release all these too. Mm-hmm. And within an hour of those hitting, Gruden had resigned from his job because he was about to get fucking fired. Right. Yeah. Uh, the system worked. The system worked there. Yeah. Yeah. We no, we don't we don't tend to to have that sort of thing over here. But they, you know the record will be very much back in the box the last mm-hmm. few weeks. And I think yeah. you know, People have noticed that, um, and it's funny actually because I spoke to uh, a venerable old journalist over here, uh, and he said, "Well, the good news is they fucking hate you." And I said, <laughs> "Oh, is that is that good news?" He said, "Well, it is." He says because he says they they hate you, but they don't want to. You know, they, they're worried about any reaction if they went for you. Basically, they're a wee bit scared. Mm-hmm. He said that is better because even if they like you. That doesn't protect you. They will mm-hmm. turn on you like that. They're a tabloid. So yeah. a tabloid, you know, you could be positive story, positive story, positive story for years and years and years, and then boom, and you think mm-hmm. you've built up a relationship with them, but you haven't. He said you are actually better off with them going, "I hate that bastard," but yeah. and I was like, "Well, that's a way to look at it." Yeah. The um, speaking of 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 uh, Sunday or Saturday's match, I guess it was Saturday or Sunday. Um, where his uh, dude's last match where they, they played the Bears. And uh, it was a Canadian Thanksgiving uh, yes. this year. Happy, happy Scott Arfield's second birthday. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a harvest celebration here. We didn't have pilgrims. We had Scots that landed at, at uh, Nova Scotia and went, let's go west. And uh, <laughs> boy, did they. Holy um, cow, this is this is colder than home. Yeah, let's stay, stay here. here. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> hey, do you suppose it's colder and flatter as you go along? Let's try that. So um, uh, the Bears won, and so my uh, my father-in-law knows that, knows that um, uh, I'm a Bears fan because he loves the NFL, so we just had the games on, you know, uh, kind of you know, throughout the evening. And they got to the highlight reel, and they showed the Bears win against uh, Las Vegas. And uh, he's like, "Hey, you got to be happy." And I was like, "Yeah." And I just kind of going back to 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 uh, Shane's hope statement. It's like uh, I kind of wanted them to lose. And he's like, 
Why? He goes, because it's the hope that kills you. Yeah. It really just, like, the defense is doing well. The I am, I am liking the new oh, young thrower that they got. Justin Fields is throwing the ball around. Okay. I, I can help you right here. You will fuck it up in the playoffs. So of course. There you go. Just, of course. just save yourself any bother. The, That's what you do. The you double will doink up. will look like uh, will look like a forward <laughs> pass. They will yeah, screw up man. that badly. It's so good. We uh, got our annual NFL game here. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much for sending us the equivalent of Burnley versus Leicester. Yeah. Uh, hey, you know, uh, at, at least you didn't get the Jaguars this time. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's true. We usually get them. So, ah, you know, fair enough. Um, it was uh, and it, it it was a decent enough game, but it was a long shift for the Sky NFL guys because they were there from like one o'clock right through to you know like three in the morning. They were there. For, they had like a thirteen-hour shift. They, they looked happy enough, but they were a wee bit sort of. I mean, I was able to go away and have a shower watch some other things come back those poor bastards are still there mm-hmm. and it's quite a shift in <laughs> see if you're like the anchor man for, for soccer football right um you get two big 45 minute breaks mm-hmm. where you're off camp you can go for a piss you know you can go for a pint you can do whatever you like yeah. you don't get that in in u.s football you're on the screen every two fucking minutes mm-hmm. so you, you, you're basically there and it brings me back to that old thing about wrestling announcers um how they managed to stay for the whole four-hour broadcast. And the reason they managed to stay there for the whole four hours is that they would just piss themselves yeah. <laughs> at the desk. Yeah. Now, yeah, there, there's, there's a reason there's a very large tablecloth over that thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and they, you know, basically these old co- these venerable old commentators say, no, yeah, yeah, we, we would wear black trousers because, you know, you got to go, you got to go. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, I hope you didn't have a curry beforehand. Because uh, just, <laughs> imagine you'd splashed out the 150 bucks for the front row seats mm-hmm. and you're so excited. And there's Hulk Hogan. You're like, has that guy shat himself? <laughs> you know, that, 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 yeah, it would take the edge off your evening somewhat. These are Amazon warehouse branded piss jugs that we have. <laughs> yeah. you know, that's it. I've had a bit of a buying misfortune again this week, right? Here we go. You give them some I, money and then chaos ensues. Well, as you remember, I came into some money last week and I set myself the target that I was going to tan it by midnight that night. Right? So, um, and I'm delighted to report that I did so to the best. In fact, I ended up spending more. Uh, and actually, so. <laughs> I went full, ended up costing me money. But <laughs> I had ordered a suit, going to this Brian Loud at night, and I've got a big do next year. In Vegas, I'm hosting the, no, the dinner. No, so. Yeah, so thought so nice. well look good. It's a wee bit lipstick on a pig, don't get I, me wrong. But even hey, so. look, look, looking forward to heckling. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be sitting there and you'll go, as much as I hate that man right now, you got to love the suit. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you will wait. So I order this suit, right, and it doesn't arrive. And I'm like, okay. So I go in and I look at the order, and it's like, hmm, not dispatched. So I phoned them up yesterday, and they said, oh, we're really sorry. Um, it hasn't been dispatched. That's an oversight. We'll make sure it's dispatched within two working days. And I'm like, oh, it needs to be here by Friday. Um, I need it for Friday. And they're like, oh, touch and go. So then it fucking arrives today. But I'd already bought another suit just in case. Right. So I'm now sitting with two virtually identical suits. Well, and I know, ah, Sally, no, Sally <laughs> says what you're about to say, which is, I'll oh, just send one back. And no, I said, no, I no. I'm never, no. ever going to do that. I will no. completely fucking forget. I'll put one away. And then in six months, I go, hey, there's a suit in this box. 
You, um, you, you know what? I, I have a Navy suit and then another Navy suit <laughs> and then a three-button Navy suit mm-hmm. and then a two-button That's, Navy suit and yeah, then yeah. another two-button Navy suit. <laughs> Guess what color my suit sell? I'm, I'm getting us all black on you. No, no, no. No, you're, you're Navy? You're good? Navy, yep, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, no. Um, oh, but That's I've boy. got one black suit for funerals, yeah. See, but, I, don't, um, I, don't even, I, just, I, I just wear darker socks. You know, right. the, the Navy still works. You just don't wear so loud, garish ta- socks. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So I, I tan all this money, right? And, you know, it was fun while it lasted. That six hours um, was, was good. And then the next day, a guy gets in touch with me and he says, David, I know somebody that's selling a Gothenburg shop. You know, the 97. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, fuck. Because <laughs> it's going to cost a lot, but these things do not come up. You do not yeah. have the opportunity to go, oh, well, no, I won't take this one. I'll buy it next month or I'll buy it in a year. Because I've seen literally, that's the second one I've ever seen come up for sale. Right? right. So two. There's only about, I think, 22 of these things in existence. Yeah. So, you know, I thought, like, fuck, 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 what am I going to do? What am I going to do? So, Sally? And she's like, well. I think we're going to need to have a conversation here. So I explained to her, and it was sort of like Bart Simpson trying to explain to Homer, you know, that episode with when Silent Bob, eh, when Silent Bob, when uh, Sancho Bob's trying to kill Selma. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like that where I've I've got the you know I've got the flip chart out. Nineteen ninety seven projections include that this shirt will be what, and she's like, this is a long way because you you're going to buy it, aren't you? I said, well, I've already bought it, but. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need you to do that thing that you need your partner to do of of, of absolving me of <laughs> of shame and embarrassment and guilt. It, uh, and I was nearly honest with her. I, I told her that the shirt, like the price, when she said, "How much was it?" It was as close to it the actual price that I'd paid as I've ever told her. You know, it was a good. Mm-hmm. It was a good I'd say it was a good sixty percent of what it actually cost. So, in in a way, I'm kind of the hero. I think. Did, did, did you see the, the guy? I think I sent it over to you. The, the guy who had like a what was it? A ninety away kit, a ninety three yeah. home, and then like mm-hmm. a ninety four away. Oh, that's Ross. Still, that's Ross. Still, yeah, yeah he's like still in the original packaging and everything. They're still in the yeah. bags. That was mm-hmm. fucking incredible. Well, you can buy off Ross. He's uh, yeah. he's, he's, he's very well, I, yeah, what, What's his Twitter? Oh, I can't. Um, I can't. I can't remember. I can't but um, we'll, we'll search for Ross Edmonds Rangers. But uh, yeah. yeah, Ross sells uh, sells again. He's he's very trustworthy. So I bought uh, I bought an Adidas training shirt off him mm-hmm. a couple of weeks back, um, which is you know quite nice and up in the and up the collection. But somebody Tam who's listening to this, uh-huh. uh, tried to, because he knows, he knows how OCD I am. So he got in touch with me today and he said, uh, ha, 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 you don't have this one, do you? And it was the Ossieshek shirt, the one that we wore, you know, that Hummel atrocity yeah. because the shirt yeah, yeah. was ready yet. Uh, so smugly, I was able to go through and take a photo of it and go, oh, you mean this one? Um, but he was deliberately trying to trigger my OCD, the bastard. And he has listened to this. I know he's listened to this. So he loves this show. So no, um, I was able to get back at him on that one. I was, I was uh, just doing the math on this. I actually saw that shirt in the flesh. I saw that. I saw that live. The uh, the Gothenburg. Oh, you must have. Well, you remember, of course, the tickets yeah. were about fucking eight grand in '97 yeah. money. Yeah, that. Yeah. The, 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 I, money, the, 
realize we were going out of mm-hmm. Europe <laughs> after getting I, told. I, you know, I saw that like, one. I saw that one, and then up. the week before, I saw Negri's five. Oh, uh, that's a good week to be there. Yeah, yeah. Well, not 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 so much a second. Good week for seeing a rare strip, but not right. Good week. <laughs> that, see, well, you will also have seen then at that game the five one uh, the, the Negri game, and it really was. Mm-hmm. But um, at half time, they played this video, and it was Ali McCoy's going. You know, we believe we can turn because I've been around about the prices. Uh, we believe we can turn this ring, but we need you here in the ground. And, and honest to fuck, the, the violins in the background. And, <laughs> <laughs> so, about of course, of course, it worked, right? And we went, and, and you know, the the ticket like, it was forty quid, which in nineteen ninety seven would be the equivalent of Rangers charging eighty quid now yeah. for a game. Yeah, it really would. Um, and of course, we scored early. Charlie Miller gets a goal, and you go, mm-hmm. "Yeah, here we go." Yeah. And then they get we goal, and we're fucked. And we all know we're fucked. The whole stadium knows we're fucked. And we're all just sitting going, forty fucking quid, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> just, just, that that was an angry, angry evening at Ibrox. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So as you mentioned, Tan, people people who listen to the show, including mm-hmm. all the people currently listening to it. Yes. Uh, I, I gotta give a shout out to uh, Scotty Gibson, who uh, signed up for the four ninety nine a month, um, whatever support for for the show. He he, he didn't give Ooh. us a company or charity. To uh to to plug, he said he just did it because he likes it. So thank mm-hmm. you, Scotty. And uh, there there's an ad now at the front, but if you guys didn't hear, you you just go to, like the 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 website. You can sign. Even if you just like the money is it's not like David's thing, right? The, the shows are always free. Right. If you want to give us money, you can, and you yes. can give us like even a dollar a month helps feed Shane and Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't get any of the money from this no. folks, right? Yeah. I, I make so it if that's an added bonus, if yes. that's an yeah. added, bo- it's like the, uh, it's like the, the eighties. Yeah, 80s. If you fucking can't stand David. Yeah, I have the it's, healthiest, I have the healthiest attitude to money of anyone that you know, right? Because <laughs> if I have it, I spend it, and if I don't have it, I don't spend it, and I don't moan about it. I'm, I'm very good at having money. Well, I'm not very good at having money. I'm very good at moving money along yes, that comes yes. into my possession and then immediately leaves it yeah. but uh you know I'm, I'm a good skint person too mm-hmm. they <laughs> see i love the idea that it's a motivating factor that david oh, doesn't get that. the money it's like there's a there, there either was or is coming a 1980s revival concert going on in la and they've got like a whole bunch of bands like english beat and um uh, I think the cure is going to be there and stuff like that. Like, like all these kind of heavy hitters from the eighties, but the closing act is Morrissey. Mm. And right. a lot of the bands, when they're going to do press to promote this show are like, Hey, if you have a problem, uh, come to the show and leave when Morrissey headlines. <laughs> and really? so that's literally a selling point. People are going, no, oh, it's not a bad idea that. And then they go. Yeah, well, you you'll have the that'll be quite a divided audience because of course Morrissey fans are insanely yeah. loyal to him, right? So they they'll be there, but then yeah. you'll have all these people who who aren't there mm-hmm. and uh, who aren't fans of his, and it's, it should make friends because it would be like the most uh, it, it really the most quiet riot. Not mm-hmm. involving Dee Snyder that you'll ever see. I think <laughs> I, I would come on, feel the noise. I would. Yeah, it would. It would be the fiercest riot ever, where, where yeah. people say, 
you know, people running up and sort of hitting you with a flower and go, oh, you brute. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it would be, you just, know, it wouldn't be a, a Just a being swatted man. with handfuls of daffodils all that, night. That's it. Just being hit, you know, constantly with, with flowers. By, yeah. by actually, Morrissey, strangely, if you saw, I don't know what he's like. Now. Well, I do know what he's like. We do don't, know what he's yeah. like. Uh, yeah. We do know what he's like now. You have all mine here. Um, but <laughs> I don't know what his live show is like these days, right? I assume it'll be well, like you know, um, quite severe. I've seen footage. It can, it can get antagonistic lately. Well, it has. Well, yeah, funnily enough. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen that too. I think it was Lenny Riefenstahl directed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, footage. Yeah, sure. uh, 19, 1936. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, try, triumph. Triumph of the William. Um, <laughs> <laughs> triumph of the William. It was really nothing. Yeah, um, Triumph of the William. It was really nothing. The, can, but, can we can we normalize or somehow just just get Rick Astley to pair up with Johnny Marr? Because there is a a video that's out there, and I leave it to the listener to to Google it. It's worth your search. It's Rick Astley in concert singing "This Charming Man." Mm-hmm. And it's, I was, it's with blossoms. He did a man. yeah, yeah. He did a he did a full set, but it's I, fantastic. I remember going to see Morrissey in the nineties, and people who weren't you know fans of his would be quite surprised. But the gigs were really fucking almost violent, you know, and the, the intensity of them because the the audience were just desperate to get on stage, just absolutely desperate. So mm. there would be this complete riot really in the crowd between them and the bouncers just desperately trying to hold them back <laughs> and of course him being you know quite the type of person that he is he was stood there you know encouraging people mm-hmm. to come onto the stage while these security guards were trying to fight them off and it led to this really intense atmosphere at the, at the concerts but mm-hmm. as i say they're probably now you know albert Speer's provided all those lights for them <laughs> so a different, different type of intensity in the aging rocker who can't shut up category. Mm-hmm. Um, th- does McCartney have an album or a book or something coming out? Because uh, he's yeah. doing that thing where he's just talking to hear himself talk again. Uh, and the story's like, like you were in the most popular, well-researched, well-covered band in the history of the goddamn world. Everything yes. about every aspect has been... Just beat the dead, cover cover mm-hmm. complete, and like he's saying in one interview, he's like, "Yo, people don't really realize it, but it was it was it wasn't yo, it was John really that 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 broke up the the band. No, no shit, because like I don't <laughs> I don't remember Lennon saying it, and then you know going on to do like an hour long television interview about this, like <laughs> and people are published like I, I said yesterday, like people need to take a cue from fucking John Paul Jones." Right. Mm-hmm. Don't ever talk. Just shut the fuck <laughs> up. You don't have to do every goddamn interview. Just, just I think, hey, uh, I was I, in one of the biggest bands ever, and you know it. I don't need to yeah. talk about it. Well, to be fair to him, though, he, um, he did have a new album come out earlier this year, and there's loads of Beatles stuff coming out. There's the Peter Jackson, uh, yeah, the Doc Let coming. It Be, and I think, and I think there's the next in the series of those. Uh, remastered albums, which are worth checking out, by the way, especially mm-hmm. the remastered White album, which will totally change the way that we've heard yeah. it in the past. Um, so I think he's doing that. And to be fair, I, I've heard Paul McCartney talk about this before in interviews where he said, you know, sometimes I don't want to talk about Beatles, but if I say, yeah, I remember with Wings, he says, I can see the interviewer go, oh, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah but you really? like, like, you just you don't have to do every like. There's only two of them left, right? Well, yeah, but they R- do R- have R- to do Ringo doesn't pick up the phone stuff. every goddamn time somebody calls. You know? Oh, he fucking does. No, he you doesn't. Yes, he does. You just don't fucking read them, Ringo. <laughs> you can't be on Facebook without seeing a picture of Ringo doing a peace sign alongside a celebrity. Um, I, I just think, you know, if I, to be fair, Shane, if I'd been in the fucking Beatles, I would be talk, I'd be talking about it every day. I'd be phoning people and going, hi, mm-hmm. I was in the Beatles, by the way. Right. Going, that, I think that, that we, we are hitting that moment, though, and I think population demographics being what they are, where um, the, the when whenever the Beatles are mentioned, it has to be followed with, you see, the Beatles were this band. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, or, well, think, or 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 I've got to put up with the the you know the, the they weren't really that good. No, shut the fuck up. God, <laughs> you're you're an idiot. That's, like if you lead into a music, if you ever in a music conversation and somebody leads in with that kind of a comment, no, just, just walk just walk away. Don't yeah. just don't you engage interesting. them. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a, it's a, oh you're edgy. You know nobody's yeah. ever yeah. said that. Oh, before. Okay, and okay, it, tell it, me about how the Stones aren't good, please. Yeah, I, you know like. You're allowed not to like them because that's a subjective thing. Mm-hmm. But what you're not allowed to do is to say, oh, well, you know, they weren't actually very good. Yes, they were. Now, fuck yeah. up. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. it's such a ridiculously stupid thing to say. The mm-hmm. other one that you get a lot is where, you know, the Sex Pistols weren't that influential. Oh, do fuck off. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I love The Clash. Great band. I love the jam. But come on to fuck. Right. Uh, you know, well, of course, my personal favorite. Uh, you know, Led Zeppelin didn't write any of their own songs. You're, you're really what? dumb. You're really very dumb. Oh God, yes. Oh no. All, all, all they all they did was you know oh, be, because all all, all all these people will um you know they know like Robert Johnson and Willie Dixon, right? Uh-huh. Those are their two frames of reference to black music, and, and so yes, every Led Zeppelin song was written, mm-hmm. and and basically they, they they're all covers. That Led Zeppelin. No, is a cover I mean, yeah. Oh God, no, I swear to God. You can go Google it or type that's, it in your Twitter. Led yeah, Zeppelin's tough band. That's just silly. I mean, they are obviously blues influence. Of course yes. they are. But the, mm-hmm. there's not a lot you can do with a blues scale, incidentally, folks. It's going to sound similar, right? Yeah. No matter, you pick up a guitar and go, do, 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 do. You know, that. exactly. The, um, the person that I, I admire most in the whole history of rock, though, because of that, is Bo Diddley, yep. who wrote the same song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. About eight hundred times. times. Yes. And <laughs> yes. Every one of them was about him and entitled things like Bo Diddley's a gunslinger. Mm-hmm. Hey Bo Diddley. Bo <laughs> right. Diddley's the man. Bo Diddley's blues. Yeah. I fucking love that so yeah. much. And every single song goes dun 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 And he's like, well, he was asked about it one time and he said, Well, why bother? You know, what sounds better than that? And I'm like, I fucking love you. Yeah. Just, and he's right it sounds fantastic there there's there ain't but 12 notes out there so yeah. you know it's going to be that um i actually uh, like okay so i agree with you you can't you cannot debate the the quality of the beatles or or or, or the stones um i don't own a lot of them in fact none because i just went another way but they are good not my cup of tea but i was listening i'll throw this i'll throw this out to, to you guys because i was listening to a podcast and they were doing like a pop quiz and the question was, on which Beatles album did Hey Jude appear? It didn't. Um, it was a uh, single. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was uh, – I, I very 
uh, tongue-in-cheekishly muttered under my breath, the best of the Beatles. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and I was not far off. It was called The Beatles Again. Because yeah. it was exactly that it was released as a uh, single. It is. It's, it was. It was released as a single. Uh, and there's a great story to it that John Lennon wanted to release "Revolution" um, right. as a single, and the, the version on the album, on the White Album, people know is quite slow. Mm-hmm. And Paul McCartney, who didn't really want them to release something so you know overtly political, said, "Ah, uh, John, I'd love, I'd love to, John. I, I wish we could, but." <laughs> It, it's it's too it's too slow, and Lennon went all right, no problem. We'll speed it up and recorded, you know, the, the fast version. So my cat is like, oh shit, right? I need to come up with something. And what the something he came up with was Hey Jude. And he said he, he walked in and he went, yeah, what about this? And played Hey Jude, and Lennon went, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna do? You know, you're not gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah okay, yes, I I accept it. But you know that. Imagine having that talent. I, I I once heard a rock critic actually say that about Paul McCartney in the sixties, and it's true. You know, no matter what you think of him, he said Paul McCartney was so talented that he used to instead of giving change to beggars, would just give them a hit single. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. The um with the uh, with the Foo Fighters um uh, Dave Grohl thing yeah. coming out, I did not realize that the first Foo Fighters album was recorded entirely by him. And what is that? He, yeah, he he did every single piece of instrumentation. If I heard this correctly, I'm pretty sure this is what happened. The, the it was the first album. He uh he got into a studio, did every single part, put the album together and went, oh, I need a band name, uh Foo Fighters. Put it out yeah. there. I always liked the fact that at any given point you knew that Dave Grohl was out there fighting Foo. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. On the, behalf of us. He, he, I loved his quote, and I'm going to butcher it, about when uh, when Prince died. And um, he's like, someone asked him, was like, do you think you're, um, do you think Prince is a better guitarist than you? He goes, Prince is a better drummer than me. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's not really a fair comparison. I mean, this guy's like, I, I, what I mean, he's, he's just an automaton of music. You know, he's one of these guys that could just play. Yeah, you, you you know that he could pick up what a euphomium and, yes. and within seconds. Yeah. He's the like, one guy that could get a tune out of a didgeridoo. Yeah, exactly. that's it. He's, he's one of these. He was just, a, a, I don't know what the word does, you know, a prodigy, whatever you yeah. want to call it. Um, but he nearly joined Tom Petty in the Heartbreakers. Dave Grohl yeah. and Nirvana. What? Finished. Yeah, um, wow. he was. He was. Uh, he says himself, he was this close uh, to to doing it, and he's played with them loads, you know, over the years. Yeah. But um, yeah, Tom Petty said to him at a point, "Do you want to join the band?" And he was like, "Oh, I really do, but no, I'm going to go off and and do." And he, but then he genuinely did think the Foo Fighters would be, you know, like a kind of side pro a mm-hmm. footnote thing for him, and he would do loads of stuff with with other people. Yeah, not, not, uh, not 30 years of uh <laughs> yeah yeah he, 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 he didn't think that that was that, that was likely to to be I'm, I'm waiting actually because oh god right 30 years since uh never mind came out never mind next week mm-hmm. yeah now firstly i'm not old enough to have an album that changed my life be 30 years old so right. First of all, who do I see about that? <laughs> that um, I'm not. I, I'm just not having it. Yeah, I remember I, exactly where I was the first time I heard "Smells Like Teen Spirit." Um, it was a Friday. I was working. I was teaching at a school in Kempville, Ontario, and we could get uh, from Ottawa the radio signal from the university radio station there. 
uh, from Carleton University, which is what I listened to. And uh, I got in the car Friday. Kids are peeling out of school like they just can't get away from the place fast enough. Me either. And I turn on the car and the radio goes, you will not believe what we just got. Listen to this. <laughs> and I went, oh, this is fun. Up it goes. And then that was that was the end of that. I, I, I remember. I think the first engagement with that was, um, you, you know, because for, for the younger audience here, MTV used to play music videos at least 12 <laughs> hours a day. If Gather I, around, I, everyone. Uncle yeah. Shane has a story about media. Or well, an onion was... on her belt. See, even of a Friday night back in the day, I used to like to stick on MTV2 because it was an alternative music. Yeah. And and over the course of maybe five or six hours, you could sit, you know, my wife and I would sit with a few drinks and you would hear maybe oh, 20, 25 songs. If you hear that in a month now, well done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but but that was um, no that that video because then it was like omnipresent. You couldn't. It, it was just there constantly for for a year, um, and then of course the the the, the unplugged thing that they did, which yeah, would yeah. play constantly as well. So well, I was I was just turning fourteen, right, and it was you know pivotal age in your life as you can imagine. And at school, um, they were the kind of metal kids, and I was firmly of the opinion that all heavy metal was shite, right? Because to to be fair, the heavy metal that they liked were things like you know they were they were cool. I liked them, but they they liked things like Skid Row and yeah, the hair, the, the hair bands, yeah, and shit. The utter shite. So then one Cinderella. of them came in one day. <laughs> one of them came in one day, right? And he said, "Listen to that, oh, heavy metal shit." He says, "It's not really heavy metal." And I said, "Okay." And I'll never forget. It was in school, and it was on a t- one of those crappy school cassette recorders that we had, and he popped it in, and it starts. And I remember when the drums kicked in at the start; yeah. it felt like somebody had lifted me out of my seat by the hair. Right? Yeah. It was just like, what the fuck is that? And smells of Teen Spirit is overplayed now for us. It absolutely oh, of is. But it, it doesn't take away the effect. So they they're bringing it as they do with these albums, right? They're bringing it the the various sort of anniversary editions of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Including a three C D one and I'm like, people still buy CDs. Oh, I didn't know that. But the <laughs> So I was gonna buy the the vinyl, you know, the the clear the, vinyl. The four forty fives, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, right. So I was gonna buy yeah. that. And then, you know, flicking through the the email that, that came from Nirvana was the the deluxe box set. And I was like, ooh, right. Now this fucking <laughs> thing, this fucker, right, is ludicrous, right? right? It's an eight record set. It's got all the singles combined in a little box. It's got you know three discs for the album. It's got fucking DVDs. It's got you know, just your know, Courtney loves pubic hair. You name it, it's yeah. in this fucker. Yeah. Um, and it was you know quite expensive, and I thought I can't justify that unless. So Sally's <laughs> getting it for her birthday. Oh boy, nice. there you her go. Yeah, it's, 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 quite a, it's quite a, it's quite a whole cottage industry of music built around the more than a feeling chorus being repurposed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been, you know, more than a feeling. Yeah, that was the thing about that back then, and. I remember somebody finally had the guts to ask him about it, and he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, it's, it's more than a yeah, feeling." That's it. Right. Um, and the other one, because the Pixies were huge over here. Well, I say huge, you know, huge in indie yeah. terms. But mm-hmm. um, you know, they could fill like two thousand seaters, which for a, an indie band in the eighties was just fucking enormous. You know, we it was like playing Wembley. We thought. Um, 
and they were big over here. So when Nirvana came along at first year over here with the first album, people were like, the Pixies. And then when they hit Smells Like Teen Spirit, people over here were like, well, it's brilliant, but they're the Pixies. Um, (laughs) But the Pixies weren't big in in America. So it was only when he came over here and he was, and I always remember the interview in the NME where he said, yeah, I was wondering when somebody was going to ask us about that. (laughs) (laughs) He was was totally up front about it. He was like, yeah, I fucking love the Pixies. You know, quiet, slow, quiet, slow. He says, that's exactly what I was going after with it. Uh, But it became, again, you know, pre-internet for fucking years. None of us in this country, uh, in this sceptered aisle, Mm -hmm. knew what Teen Spirit was. Yeah. yeah. So we, I, uh, we just thought it was the literal thing of, you know, the spirit of teenage. And of right. course it's not fucking deodorant. Yeah. That's exactly right. The um I, I, I have been like through high school I was uh, kind of off and on listening to Killing Joke and they obviously had a couple songs. And um Oh fuck eighties. Yeah, living in yeah. the eighties. Uh as soon as as soon as I heard Come As You Are, I went this seems familiar. <laughs> and uh sure enough it is uh, living in the 80s by Killing Joke just slowed down a ton. Yeah, and so, absolutely. Uh, I, I, it's not even that you would go, oh, it's something. No. Right. It is exactly as Todd described it. If you yeah. haven't heard the 80s by Killing Joke, go and look. Yeah. It's come as you are, mm-hmm. except faster. Right. Uh, I and think they did win, didn't they? They, they did. They did. Sure. So, like, and, and in fact, it was like a. I don't know how this panned out. I'm probably getting the details wrong, but like they, they went to court is like, are you sure you've never heard a killing joke? Nope. Never heard a killing joke. Really? You've never heard of them all. Nope. 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 And then, uh, they procured this, um, this book or album that was signed by the band going, dear killing joke. Thank you so much. for everything you've done. Like, whatever. So they went, yeah, yeah. Fair cop. And apparently the, uh, the drummer from killing joke, uh, passed away and to make amends, Dave Grohl toured with the band. And did drums for Killing Joke, which yeah. was which was. I love that he's just such a good guy. Oh yeah, uh, Killing <laughs> Joke's Killing Joke's drummer was called Big Paul. Okay. Which you know, uh, and he was in fact. Uh, have you ever? I think we're going to do a show about this in the network. I'll get you to involve because it sounds right up your alley. But about you know, crazy, genuinely crazy rock stars, and I'm not talking about mm-hmm. you know your kind of your tabloid ones, but the ones who were actually properly mental. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jazz Coleman from Killing Joke fits into that because at the height of the band's success and they were they were reasonably uh, love like blood was a big hit in the uk in the charts back when that really meant something Mm -hmm. and at the time that bands from that that sort of dark thing you know the cure uh the sisters of mercy they were Mm -hmm. the cult they were making it big they were making it big and a lot of money. I mean, the, the cult made so much fucking money from yeah. the, that, the the album that hit big in America. And mm-hmm. America was very open to this. It fit the MTV thing, you know, the videos and stuff. So Kill and Joker are primed just to do this, right? And they've got a tour to America booked and Jazz Coleman doesn't show up to the airport. So they start looking around, can't find them. You know, back, it's a you know, landline phones only, of course. Mm-hmm. So, no signs of them. Two weeks go past, they report it to the police, they think something's happened to him. It turns out that on an opium binge, oh. he'd had a vision, yes, he'd had a vision <laughs> that the world was coming to an end, and yep. that he should immediately travel to Iceland, where if he placed himself at the correct ley lines <laughs> on the map, mm-hmm. he, he would be safe. Now, 
they they track him down and they send youth who mega producer these days of course but back then was just a bass player and killing joke mm-hmm. and they send him because he can't afford to send the whole band to fucking Iceland, right? It was quite, quite difficult <laughs> to get to Iceland from Britain in the 80s. And he finds Jazz Coleman, the singer of this hugely successful band, who are just about to go into an America where they could make stupid amounts of money. Yeah. And he's living in a tent in the middle of like a random piece of ground on the outskirts, you know, near, near the mountains. And he's like, hello, hello. <laughs> and he said, um, well, you know, What's going on? I said, oh, the world's coming to an end, so I live here now. And he's like, oh, okay. Um, we have this tour. And he's like, oh, I'm not fucking coming. The world's coming to an end. I'll survive from here, and you should stay here too. Um, they didn't make the tour, but fortunately, mm-hmm. the world didn't come to an end. No. <laughs> as you're as you're telling the story, I'm I'm instantly picturing Floki from Vikings. Oh, hundred <laughs> like... percent. You know, yeah. But I, I just love the idea of, you know, your mate going out there. I mean, you're a fairly oddball himself, but getting out there and going, um, any chance you can yeah. come back? Yeah, can, no, we, no, can, no. can we get back to work? There's, um, uh, I guess, with Dave Grohl's book coming out, um, have you have you guys heard the interview where he describes the dinner he had with McCartney and ACDC? Oh. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, my, my, favorite, <laughs> my favorite part of it isn't even that. Like, it's... Um, you know, he, he just wants to have a dinner. He's done partying after the Grammys. And he's like, I'm just going to go grab a dinner with the wife. And Paul McCartney's uh, wife calls up his wife and says, what are you guys doing after the Grammys? And they're like, oh, we're just going to go grab a dinner. And they're like, well, can Paul and I come? Yes, absolutely. So they they do that. Uh, so now they're arranging this. And now it's a table of four at this uh, at this restaurant they're going to go to. And then uh, somehow ACDC gets in contact with Dave Grohl and says, uh, what are you doing after the after the Grammys? And uh, he's like, well, I'm just going to go to dinner with Paul McCartney. And ACDC goes, well, can I come? And uh, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, ACDC, so you can Brian come. So there's, much, yeah. so there's yeah. like, uh, you know, so there's four more guys you know, <laughs> and hangers on. So now they're uh, booking the back room. And then um, uh, uh, Dave Grohl gets a call from one of his friends who's in town from the New Orleans Preservation Hall Jazz Band. <laughs> <laughs> and... He says, hey, what are you doing after the Grammys? And he's like, oh, I'm having dinner with Paul McCartney and ACDC. And the New Orleans Preservation Hall Jazz Band says, hey, can we come? And he, and he goes, yes, why yeah. don't you? As a matter of fact, don't tell anyone you're coming. I will accommodate the room. Uh, 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 and he goes, why don't you guys play into the rest? He's like, okay. So they, they set up this huge room at the back. Uh, of this restaurant where it's just ACDC, Paul McCartney and Dave Grohl and his wife. And then suddenly everyone hears this marching band coming down the street. <laughs> they pour into this room. ACDC is beside themselves. Like what the fuck is happening? And then they had dinner. You know, I love, I love picturing that at the end of this, there was spring rolls. You know? <laughs> yeah. But that, that's what you should do if you're a rock star, surely. That's kind yeah, of that's, that you want to have. You, you hang out with your pals. And you, yeah. Otherwise, you're Chris Martin from Coldplay. Yeah. You're, you're yeah. just going to go home and eat some macrobiotic yogurt. No, no don't, don't, <laughs> don't, don't, I, I, don't. Out of my wife's vagina. So, yeah, oh. yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, hey, there's uh, another egg in here. Let's go. Hold yeah. on. So, I, ton of questions. Ton of questions. Okay. We're, we're going to get to these. And uh, just for... um. 
People, because I finally figured out the password to the Crow's Twitter account. Okay. Like, that's, that's why we have so many questions this week, and they're, they're all very good. Um, but me and uh, I, I did a show Monday with uh, Michael McGuire from uh, RangersTwitter.com, and, of course, uh, the, the lovely man who runs a uh, uh, yeah. charity for bereaved families. I know, David, yes. you guys have done a lot of work with him. Um, but if you go back and listen to that, it's on the Crow channel. Uh, it's only about 20 minutes, but we had a lot of fun, and we mm-hmm. answered uh, some of these questions that we're going to do again here. He actually answered one for Todd. It was it was pretty well done. Um, <laughs> you can go back and catch that whenever you get done uh, uh, with Does this show. Does that mean that if Todd disappears that we've got a spell? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's probably, I, 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 he might have to work on the accent, but... Uh, <laughs> But no, that, that's, well, that just wrap them round the kind of tire, spare tire wheel in your in your car, and then <laughs> in case of emergency, brake for emergency Todd. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll we'll get the Todd question out of the way here. Jordan Spears, good listener, says uh, apart from Scott Arfield and Fraser Aird, who's Todd's favorite Canadian footballer of all time? Ah, oh, but those are my two. <laughs> Can I guess? Can I guess? I want to uh-huh. see if you get the same one Michael got. Can I guess? Yes. Yeah. Colin Miller. Oh, that's not who. <laughs> um, I gotta say, like of the of of, of the recent ilk, uh, I really like Jonathan Osorio. Uh, plays for TFC as well as the the national side. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll say that. That's who I'll yeah. say. Osorio. He's he's of recent memory because like 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 outside of like. The kind of the older, older players um, that really didn't amount too much in terms of campaign strength and stuff like that. I'm kind of, I kind of really think of, uh, think that those guys uh, really kind of work well. Um, yeah, so I'll say that. Wasn't right Wayne Di Rosario Canadian? Was he yeah. anyone? Yeah, yeah. He was. Uh, he, he was fun. He was good. He, he was just a just a good number six who would uh, kick the shit out of you and occasionally pop up with a goal. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. So we'll do that. There we are. <laughs> I wish yeah. it was more exciting, but it's yeah. not. Yeah. You know, it's Canadian football. It's yeah, never I mean, exciting. Well, here, here we go. Ross McKay asks, uh, do we think Scotland, the United States, and Canada will qualify for the uh, for the World Cup? Um, no, maybe no. <laughs> I, I I I don't know how. I mean, Scotland, no. You you guys. I mean, you're going to drop points to the pharaohs and that's going to be the end of that. 100%. even <laughs> even if scotland don't um the problem with that is is you need to go into a playoff and that is a bastard of a thing to get through right. uh yeah. at the best of times so and, and also, also your, your manager is still steve clark so uh, again um yeah. not a not a hugely beneficial thing but no uh, I, I i think scotland might get the playoff spot but uh i would be surprised if they got through that. America should, but they always should, and then they never. They always seem to find a way to fuck it up. Um, Canada, we all remember the hazy days of '86 when Canada bestrode the group stage like a colossus. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's been a long time since Canada popped up in a World Cup. Yeah, all those I, tricky things against Newfoundland <laughs> and things. I, I, I have no idea how CONCACAF qualifying works anymore because we had, what was it, the hacks we had forever? Yeah. That yeah. Was, uh, I still don't know how that thing worked. Now I think uh-huh. it's just like one big group of eight. Mm-hmm. But I, I will get Canada has not, they've only won one of their, I think, five qualifiers now. 
They haven't lost. They haven't lost. Pretty fucking no, no, no. impressive. And they got <laughs> they got the draw against Mexico in pr- their previous yeah. five visits uh, to Mexico. I think it was I think it was the away games. Um, I think the aggregate scores were twenty nil. So uh, I uh, Scotland, mm, uh, U.S. most likely, and Canada. You heard it here first. Yeah. Yeah, I think. I, see, I don't know how. See, in this thing too, I don't know how many Concacaf teams qualify. Right now, because I think it can't. Canada's in fourth because it's like Mexico's yeah. leading. U.S. and Panama are both on, I think, eight points. Right. Canada's on seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Costa Rica, who pops up in a World Cup every yeah. once in a while, is sitting there. And in, 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 uh, I do in, like that, the Costa Rican team. I yeah, do like and they did did quite well in Tai Four. Right. That really yeah. well. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, the yeah. uh, the other thing I wanted to just throw in, just to yeah. get back the other one, I, I I don't know how I forgot about him, Luca Gasparato. Oh, there you go. Of course, you go. yes. 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 So. You, you know, I, the, 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 Michael yesterday, obviously not too familiar with the Canadian men's national team, <laughs> but but um, I mean, people in is, Canada aren't familiar with the Canadian well, men's I mean, national team. I mean, this is like a golden era of talent, uh, you know, at least on the on the European scale. Um, but the way, uh, the best way I could describe them, Canada to the neutral observer is kind of like what Walter's second team was, mm-hmm. right? There's like two or three incredibly skilled players, and then eight guys that are fucking drilled to do exactly what they have to do for 90 yeah. minutes and yep. don't do anything besides that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's it. See if, yeah. you know, see if you're, you're not one of the huge nations where you've got these reservoirs of talent. That's exactly what you need. You need if you've got look at Wales. Jesus Christ, you know, yeah. um, second round of the Euros, semi-finals at the Euros, and it's Gareth Bale and ten others. But yes. the ten Gareth others Bale and are exactly what they're to do. Yeah, um, and that that that's. Good. I mean, fuck, you could argue that about Portugal in 2016, couldn't you? Yes. Oh yeah. You know? Yes. That's what you need to do because not everybody can be, you know, Germany or England or France and have France. these. Ridiculous mm-hmm. squads where you and you, you you could basically pick all twenty two of them, um, you know, to play each other and think that might be the two best sides in the world. So right. yeah, um, that, that's kind of what you need. But you, you know, I, I, I believe it when I see it. Canada qualify for for yeah. uh, a World Cup. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say with France because I mean, let's. I mean, international breaks suck, and I can't wait till this is finally fucking over. Because yeah. like I said, we we just had one last month. Mm-hmm. We kind of get back into the swing of football. Yeah. International break again. But the, Interna- the, the, international break is like gout flare ups. Yeah. Like you just yeah, like you think it's yeah. done. You're like, ah, fuck, there's the foot again. Yeah. yeah. But 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 the Nations Cup was good. last couple rounds were actually good. And, and yeah, I think really part was. of it is because all four teams in there know that they're qualifying anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they all kind of played really quality attacking football because what the fuck we might as well just try to go out and score some goals and win this kind of you know it, it, it was actually shockingly enjoyable mm-hmm. yeah the, the other thing about it is uh, uh, something that you say i think that there's this thing in in britain certainly where we don't take anything that hasn't been about for ages seriously right, uh, right. so world club championship couldn't give a fuck right just never the, it, it does nothing over here for anybody um you know this Nations League not interested whereas you're spot on because for these sides and these players that they are going to qualify they know mm-hmm. that right so they don't have a lot to do in between the two tournaments and yeah. it's much more fun to play against each other for something that matters than to play friendlies where there's you know 15 
So, so they all desperately wanted to win, and you could see that that all four of the countries who are all very talented, incidentally, and mm-hmm. all have a a real shout at winning the World Cup, uh, apart from Belgium because they've got Roberto Martinez as their manager. Um, but they they went for it. They absolutely went for it. Even the third, fourth place playoff, they wanted to win, and and it just makes a difference because international friendlies are the devil's own spunk. They are just. <laughs> awful things (laughs) nobody likes them nobody wants them um make it competitive why not and it gave these guys something to go and win and okay it's not the you know it's not the world cup it's not the euros but it was still a thing against good sides and they won it and you could see that the french were you know we'll take something from this you could see that the other sides that wanted the spanish were gutted um I do think, though, Spain, because their average age, if you take out Sergio Busquets, their average age of that team is nine. Uh, <laughs> they are going to be, you know, they've got this 17-year-old kid, Gavi, and it's like, holy shit, you are ridiculously talented. Um, you should not be able to play like that at 17 I, years old. I, I'm so. wondering, where are they? They don't have their keeper for this generation yet, though, which, no, which they, is a little they, bit worrisome. They don't, they're growing a lot of players at the moment, yeah. and some of them, some of them won't make it. Right? I mean, that's yeah. the thing. Some of them that are playing right now won't. Um, they could probably still do with a another striker, a more reliable striker. But I, I think that they won't be that far away at the next World Cup. Yeah, I, I think that they'll be, and certainly the Euros after that. You think? Yeah, yeah. yeah Twenty four. Right. They're going to be pretty yeah. well set. <laughs> yeah. Oh, David Scott wants to know. Can you explain the screeching cowboy in the mountains music video? <laughs> so no. I, 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 I think I can take a stab at this. So uh, I think the artist, his name's uh, Kieran uh, Callanan, who's an Australian. The only band, I know, I know he's worked with a ton of bands, but Mercy Arms was a, was a decent uh, group uh, that, that he was in. They were, they were, I don't know, like an Australian indie rock outfit. The cowboy himself is Jimmy Barnes, mm-hmm. All who, was right, born, okay. who was born in Glasgow uh, and lives in uh, uh, Adelaide. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, if you haven't seen this, the, the song's called Big Enough. Yes. Um, but you can also just look up uh, a 10-hour video of the Jimmy Barnes screaming part. Yes. <laughs> and uh, also I found that there's a guy uh, who did a YouTube video of him watching the 10 hour video uh-huh. of Jimmy Barnes screaming, which is pretty fucking impressive. <laughs> uh, but, but, but this is actually my, um, like, you know, if we're getting ready to go somewhere and I'm ready, which, yes. uh, you know, is how this sort of stuff typically works for men. Like we, we got out of the shower and we're ready to go out the door in like six minutes. Right. Um, and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. And then eventually the sound bar goes on the full blast and this goes on the YouTube the, uh-huh. the, the 10 hour video until, you know, finally it drives her crazy enough that she just comes down the stairs in whatever state she's in. It's like, okay, we can go. There we go. Uh-huh. Problem solved. So, <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. You have it's from uh, uh, by Spy here, G Spy 82. Mm-hmm. Have any of the three of you ever felt obliged to set aside your principles and be the essence of calm? Mm. Um, I think I'm relatively yeah. calm, aren't I? Mm. I don't, 
I don't think I'm unless I'm talking about you know Lord of the Rings or Led Zeppelin. I think I'm, I'm a reasonably Queen. calm individual. Queen fucking Queen. Now, that's a, <laughs> See, right, right. Queen Queen turns you into Neil Lennon, right? Yeah, Queen Queen does turn me in, which is ironic because the Queen turns Neil Lennon into Lennon. <laughs> you know, so I think that, that, that we share that. Um, yeah, the essence of calm uh, and. Literally every human being I know when they read that went essence of calm and did finger quotes um, because that is all his second spell at Celtic will be remembered for is essence of you know, um he's, he's an odd bugger, isn't he? This is, 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 is the he's an odd he is he's an odd an odd individual and I think mm-hmm. it's you know uh yeah I think yeah. it's it's quite quite I... difficult to. I can remember it. Um, it was uh, just before I got married. My mother-in-law came to stay with us to help uh, my wife with the final details of the of the thing, which comes with its own challenges, but everything was fine. And uh, it was the day that I went to get the printout of the table settings, like where everyone's going to be sitting, yeah. the seating plan. And uh, it looked great. It was lovely. Like this big thing we're going to put on poster board. Everything's great. And uh, I get it home. And uh, my mother-in-law is there. My wife is there. I say, hey, we got the thing. And uh, we unfurl it to take a look at it. And immediately my mother-in-law goes, why am I sitting beside them? And then, like, I can see my wife dissolve into panic. I'm like, nope, nope, it's printed. It's already done. Who needs wine? Wine? Who needs wine? Who's getting wine? <laughs> Who wants a wine right now? Are we whining? No, it's done. It's done. That's it. Nope, that's it. Sorry. Love to, but can't. Sorry. That's it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Did did I need to? Should I have like risen to like uh, you know just let my wife take the lead? Should I have just nope? Cut it off at the at the gate. Just there we go. That's it. That's all. Gavin Reddick asks, uh, what, "What's the worst three sports?" Mm. This this is quality. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good one. Um... Uh, I, I'm I'm gonna leave with my strongest play here: figure skating. Because any sport that's purely judged on a subjective level is right. fucking awful. It's just bad. I, I, and yeah, I, they're amazing athletes. Uh, I don't give a shit. It's, it's bad. Bad, bad. All around. Terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sports that I dislike. Because uh, it, 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 it's a tough... I mean, there are certain motor racing for me. Because one, it's oh, not a sport. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a sport. And people say, well, you know, it, it, it it's really physical to be able to do it. It's really physical to do a lap dance, but they don't do it in the Olympics. You know, it's yeah. it, it's not a sport. <laughs> um, and, and, and more recent, firstly, it's really fucking boring that these guys drive around the tracks for ages. They don't even crash very often. Yep. Um, yep. Not like NASCAR where they have to run, what, about 100 yards and then they put like walls and stuff up and oil slicks <laughs> to make it more and, and soak soak the drivers in oil before they, you know do the <laughs> so that they, they go up quicker. Um, but yeah, Formula One is so fucking boring. Uh, added to that, that I remember a guy telling me about all the skill that was involved in it. I said, "So right, okay, does the guy with the best car not always win?" Mm-hmm. And he goes, "Well, not." Not always. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how often does the guy with the best car win? He said, "Well, you know, they'll also have the best drivers." I said, "Well, that makes it even more pointless, then, doesn't it?" <laughs> the, guy, the team with the best car and the best drivers win. He's like, "Well, yeah." Well, what the fuck? Who fucking watches that then? Mm-hmm. Um, that I don't understand. But add it, add it to the right. fuck. It's boring. It's like, and they've gone round the lap, that- and they've gone round the lap. 
and they've gone round the lap. And it's like, have one lap. Fuck it. Save everything's time. That car argument is just it, it's to me that's like because you're bang on that's like if the if every team that faced the new york yankees went to the plate with a chopstick like, <laughs> <laughs> i just a bit but the guy actually said to me he's like uh, uh, yeah but it's not just because the best car but also of the best driver no, <laughs> that, doesn't, yeah. that doesn't help you argument yeah. it helps mine you know, <laughs> surely they should put lewis hamilton in like a ford focus Mm-hmm. Right, and, and then they, they should have the worst driver in in the big, you know, Formula One Ferrari or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. That that would seem to be the the fairer way to do it. But so yeah, there's that. Um, I think it's a pretty boring sport. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of what it because I mean, I tend to be one of these people who can sit and you know I can flick through Sky and so long as there's, there's stakes in something, I yeah. can watch you know a sporting contest. So long as it's not a blowout. Yeah. in some way because that that's the essence that's the drama of sport isn't it so long yeah. as there's a bit of who is going to win yeah. um uh so you know, the, there is that but yeah i think uh, I, I won't watch f1 and mm. that's probably oh swimming okay. <laughs> swimming what the fuck you know <laughs> during the olympics i'll do a swimming because it's a race it's it's an actual race Todd do you ever say your mates hey lads get the beers in and come round for the swimming no of course you fucking don't again it's Olympics like it's 9 o'clock at night you're flipping around it's nothing but well up here it's uh, Big Bang Theory on Comedy Network Ah, that's all that is and it's like you're flipping around it's like oh some guys are splashing around in the pool let's go watch that yeah, um, no, no. I'm uh, with you. I'm with you on motor racing, and I'm taking this to be one of the worst three sports to watch, in no particular order: snooker, darts, golf. See, how can you say about darts? Darts is darts is, is like, nah. Darts it's, is, it's, it's a spectacle with with fat guys in bowling shirts. Like yeah, that's all it is. You shouldn't yeah, right. you shouldn't be looking at the fat guys. You should be. And again, before anybody says, how can you say that um, darts is a sport, David, and you're not saying that um, motor racing is a sport? Because I am. Okay. <laughs> um, because, but it, I but, mean, it's not. It's but a game. Much it's like a pub the game. Judging and figure skating. Yeah. We can make but, these kind of determinations. Yes. <laughs> darts is a game. Darts is a pub game. Snooker is a game rather than a sport. But again, yeah. you know, you can say, but but the. The, oh, the one that really annoys people, and I've noticed this, and I'm just going to drop it in and annoy several of the listeners, is if, if we're doing the, is it a sport or is it a game, golf is not a sport. Thank you. Golf is a game. Mm. Oh, but you know, you, you, you've got to, you, you know, you've got to swing the clubs. Yep. Uh-huh. You've uh-huh. Uh, there is a slight amount, but equally, when I'm washing my underarms, I have to swing my arms about in the shower. <laughs> I don't expect to be paid eight billion dollars for doing it well. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, but then you yeah, oh, but you know, when they walk around the the course, uh huh, walking, I'm afraid, and especially when the, it doesn't matter how quickly or slowly they do, it doesn't count. And secondly, when I've been at golf courses, those little buggies are they there for the Easter Aye. egg hunt? Yeah, yeah. Is that is that why they're there? Um, a sport in which guys in their sixties can play and win majors, mm-hmm. right, is not a fucking sport. Stick yeah. a sixty-year-old in the Tour de France, he's not going to win it. Okay, yeah. it's yeah. unlikely to happen. So, no, it, it look if you enjoy it, not you. Know, I mean, cycling. I don't, I don't understand watching it, but you can't. Just, uh, just like. It, 
Cycling, like most of the like athletics, let's call mm-hmm. them, you know, running and just swimming. Yes. Just let them fucking broid up and do whatever the fuck. Like, stop, stop yeah. pretending like they're all not doing it. Who the fuck mm-hmm. cares? Let, let the most junked up motherfucker hop on the, the, the bike with a motor somehow built yes. into the front. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> Just God. on an e-scooter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fuck it. No, no one's, I mean, like, honestly, the world watches that for like two days out of the I year. Know. Nobody gives a no, fuck. I mean, it, it, is, <laughs> it is the most mind-numbing. So, like, and, uh, and again, I do not, I do not uh, disagree that they are superior athletes. They're amazing athletes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But you know I what? what you, uh, I just I love that you know you could you could get the the same amount of excitement watching a, a pentalon, you know, like it's just like come on, I got your back, let's do this. And no, thank you, I'm done. You can have the same amount of excitement watching two bugs crawling up yes. there, you know, crawling up yes. a wall. Uh, it's, it's really dull to watch, but you know, it, they deserve. You know, they are incredible athletes. That's why they all have to take drugs because mm-hmm. it's it's it's. Yeah actually too tough for any human to do but mm-hmm. i would I, I agree with with something that shane touched on there which is see drug sports let's just be open about yes. it right yes. let's just say athletics you're all on drugs stop wasting money on testing okay mm-hmm. let them fucking take drugs and then when they die don't anybody say oh my god they died at 40 so they yeah. fucking took loads of steroids we knew yeah. the risk they wanted to do it it was their choice let um, russia have their name back yeah just let <laughs> if it's a drug sport let everybody there was an idea in Futurama once that said that in baseball, steroid injections should not only be allowed, they should be mandatory. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, go for it. Why fucking not? Because they'll do it anyway. So, yeah. you know, just just rather than... I, it always goes back to that, doesn't it, with any sort of drug use? That you know, We need to find the reasons for drug use. It's that people like taking drugs. drugs. <laughs> and... We need to find a reason for taking drugs in sport. It's so they'll win. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, yeah, be, they're really they, they, they will make more money. <laughs> yeah. there's, there, there's a cost-benefit analysis that says, yeah. shoot this in my ass. Right. I yeah. make more money. <laughs> it's really straightforward. We don't need, you know, tomes and, and articles and endless written stuff about it. It's quite straightforward. He's not as fast as him. So mm-hmm. what he's going to do is take drugs so that he can run faster than him. Um, <laughs> unfortunately for him, the fast guys probably take drugs as well. Yes. So it kind of yeah. negates it. All right, Dan wants to know, uh, after the news that the record steamed articles from some uh, Tim bloggers, what's the worst case of plagiarism you've ever seen? Oof. I, I, so I, fire my again, going back to my time in journalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a horoscope writer one time. That kind of came with the paper, right? And uh, I started noticing. I was like, man, that sounds familiar. You know, <laughs> I feel like I was, you know, and I'm like, God damn it. So I started going back and doing like, you know, control F searches right. on, uh, on on old horoscope. She she was actually self plagiarizing. She was copying and pasting like for Sagittarius this week. Uh, something from Libra like four months ago, mm-hmm. which uh, um, one, I mean, you know, I think the horoscope, isn't it supposed to be like completely unique to that person for that week and all that kind of stuff. Um, but two, you know, like self plagiarizing bad, right. bad. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm firing her. 
<laughs> I'm firing her. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I just I've had such a long standing relationship with this. But I can't believe this is happening. And I said, well, shouldn't you have really seen this one coming? Like, it's, it's, <laughs> it, isn't that kind of your gig to know it, it is her that this job. Kind of stuff is going to happen? <laughs> so, yeah. Sorry, Denise. You're uh-huh. <laughs> uh, you've been outed. You've been outed, Denise. Yeah. Um, I, I would say the worst case of plagiarism that I've ever heard is uh, heart and hand the entire network. Because basically, I just <laughs> I, I I fucking steal everything. Man. Uh-huh. I steal from friends. I steal from people on the TV. I steal from people in the street. You name it, I steal it. And I've got an amazing. I've got a dreadful memory on, on most things, but I've got an amazing memory for stealing funny lines. Right. So <laughs> I've got a friend who, again, will be listening to this. Uh, you might know him from Rangers Twitter as Sir Duncan Ferguson. Mm-hmm. So clearly, you know, the fact that he loves Duncan Ferguson, he has a sense of humour. Um, but he uh, he's a very, very lovely, nice, quiet wee guy and really funny. But I'm that prick who at a party has a mate who speaks quite quietly, says something hilarious, nobody notices. I then immediately say it loudly. <laughs> Everybody is in uproar laughing. And they're like, oh, David, you're so funny. I'm like, yeah. And he's standing there going, why'd you do that? And I'm like, look, you want to share your gift with the world, but God didn't give you the megaphone to do it. He's given me that megaphone. So think of, think of us as a team, right? Where you're like my scriptwriter. And I'm like the performer, and I deliver it. So I mean, some of the funniest lines I've ever used have been have been Michael's, and I I, I make no apology for it. I will continue <laughs> to I will continue to steal. Uh, so all art is theft. Everyone knows uh-huh. that. This, this podcast should just be called "Hey, this is what I read this week." Exactly. <laughs> there are, look, there are five songs in the world, and there are four jokes. Okay, <laughs> and on. On the crow pod, we tell one of those jokes really well. But the mm. reason that we are good is that we never stop searching for the second. And <laughs> that's why you listen to us here on the crow yeah. pod. But not fuck it. Um, it, it. The way I see it is, if it's not nailed down, I can take it. Yep. Uh, Todd, mine's why, why per- mine's pretty easy. Lopez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, mine's pretty easy, and I had almost forgotten about it because it just kind of got blank from my mind. Any speech Melania Trump did. Ah, yeah, yeah she, she was good at cribbing everybody. Yeah, yeah. Like Michelle Obama's sitting there going, the fuck, fuck is <laughs> this bitch? Can you believe <laughs> this shit? It was like the Biden one. Right. Uh, By the way, you know how much now that now that he's out of the White House and they're down at Mar-a-Lago, just how much fucking do you think they're doing right now, Donald Melania? Do you think they're just like like None. just I, throwing again, it into no her? Way, there's no way. Fuck, they even stay in the same part of that guy. They, 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 she wants nowhere to be. Near I her. wonder how many Secret Service guys she boned. Oh, like, I wonder. I right? think this this is a sexism. <laughs> And I don't, I, I don't have a part of this, right? A healthy uh, sexual appetite is a sexism. Uh, Come now, I'm not having that. No, no, that's the sexism. Everything Be, that you just Mark said. Before yeah. writes about us without signing his name to it. That's, <laughs> that, that's, that's a sexism, and I would just like to point out that it doesn't matter if you're a bird or a real person. I have got your back. <laughs> so I will not let these two, yeah. Do whatever. In fact, if you're one of the genders, I know that there's all these genders now. If you're one of those genders, I have got your back. It doesn't matter to me, you know, what you define yourself as. It's it's all good. 
you know, you don't necessarily get to visit, but neither do I mean, anybody else. Yeah. Okay. As long as you're not an F1 fan. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, <laughs> or a Queen fan. See, see a Queen fan who's who's heading to Silverstone is probably the least likely person to ever want to spend a bit of time with me. Yes, yeah. I'll grant you that. Uh, last one. Since a uh, hard to hard in hand here, fuck it. We'll, we'll go to a hard in hand contributor. David Marshall. Yep. Uh, Long time Crowpod listener. Mm-hmm. David Marshall. He is, yes. After, uh, after my own adventures, he says, <laughs> I'd like to know where is the worst place you unintentionally ended up in? Yeah, uh, Dave, I, I gave an answer yesterday. I gave an answer <laughs> yesterday with Michael, so I'm I'm gonna come up with a completely different answer. So if you want to hear that one, you have to go back and listen to that. Right. For those yeah, of you David, who, who uh, don't know, yeah. he set out last week from his home in Linwood to travel to the Rangers training centre in Mulgay, took the wrong train, and ended up oh a good twenty miles from Mulgay and missed it. Um, but he did make it in the game on Sunday, so so fair play to him on that. Uh, the worst place I've ever woke up, and this fits on so many you know, descriptions of that question, the worst place I've ever woke up was Dundee, where <laughs> I had gone out for a drink on the Friday night in Glasgow, and there was magic in the air, and, and one drink borrowed another, and various other things and on the sunday morning i woke up in a car in dundee with three other people now (laughs) i didn't know any of them the guy next to me didn't know any of us and the two guys in the front at least knew each other but didn't know the two of us in the back so i'm like where the fuck are we and he's like uh dundee mate this is where we live and i'm like how the fuck did did I get in tow with you? And he's like, you were at nightclub in Stirling. And I'm like, what the fuck was I doing in Stirling? Um, I, I, and apparently we'd just driven back there at like, you know, five in the morning and I'd passed it. So I had to get up and, you know, they very kindly dropped me off at the train station. And that phone called my then, now ex-wife of, mm. hello, where the fuck have you been? You know, blah, blah. I haven't seen you since Friday night, etc. Calm down. I'm on my way home. On your way home? Where the fuck were you? And I'm like, it appears I'm in Dundee. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure how I got here. Um, but I, 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 I am coming. I am coming home about now. Ah, yeah, bye, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Love you too. Yeah, yeah. Hello. <laughs> and, and she actually, she actually said at one point, she went, "Don't bother coming home." I said, "Like, they said, yank after I've woken up in Dundee, I'm going to go and sleep in a fucking park. If you don't want to stay in the same house as me, fuck off to your mother's." But I am coming home. I need, I need, I need a shower and I need a sleep. Okay, so we, you know, by all means, you can leave me, but you, you are not stopping me getting into my bed. um i weirdly i have this radar that gets me home and i don't know how it works there there was one time that it it came close and it was uh, i went to my brother was going to university in peterborough ontario so i went and and saw him and because he was uh his band was playing at this uh this music venue so i was like i'll come up for the weekend to see my brother play and then that'll be kind of fun and um, he was big into home brewery uh, at that point. Uh, he was also and still is into a bit of um, 
weed. So yeah. uh, so we partook in both of those. And when I say he was into homebrew, it was like he would open up like these two liter Pepsi bottles filled with like homebrew. <laughs> and just like, uh, hey, let's uh, let's have a beer. So it's like, hey, it's Oktoberfest. There we yeah. go. So fuck your microbreweries. That is proper homebrew. Yeah. So. <laughs> So we get to the place, we're feeling okay, and uh, I don't know if you know this about me and weed. Um, two things happen. One, I have my mind goes a million miles a minute of the funniest fucking jokes I've ever written in my life. What comes out of my mouth is pee. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I also get copper tongue. Like I get like really like my my tongue is oh something feels right so I got a I got a beer at the venue and and my brother's about to go perform and I have this pint and I go ooh they haven't cleaned the taps I'll have a different one so I get rid of that uh, chug it down and go I'll have the next one along same problem the problem is me not yeah, the taps yeah. right so I have now run all six to eight taps halfway <laughs> through my brother's set in the space of like an hour. I'm screamingly drunk. And so now <laughs> my brother gets off stage and I just turn to him and go, uh, I'm going to go home. And he goes, you don't know where I live. I go, that's fine. And then I <laughs> leave. <laughs> and thankfully, I don't know how it happened. I woke up to my brother shaking me on the guest bed going, look at you making it home. And then I went in. But yeah, I, I, have, I have a radar. I don't know how it, it works. Well, no, you don't. What you have is the drunk fairy. Um, and the, drunk, <laughs> the, the drunk fairy what it is it's this uh, I, I think enormous eight foot thing that comes <laughs> along when you go out for a night out carries you home but hits you over the head because when yeah. you wake up you've got a really sore head and he's stolen all your money mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's the drunk fairy this very quickly reminds me of another one I was uh, at a university party and I had gotten back from Dominican Republic and I had uh, uh, what was left of about like like two or three inches in a bottle of 151 proof rum. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that'll be me for the night. I'll just take it slow. <laughs> yeah. That'll be good. Right. So I go yeah. to the party armed with this thing and um, I, uh, I finish it. And uh, when I wake up the next day, I have no idea how I got into my house. And there's a <laughs> coffee and a muffin beside the bed. And I go, what? I'm, and I'm my girlfriend at the well. time. My 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 girlfriend at the time comes into the bedroom and went, oh good you're up and I go what happened and she went well um, mm-hmm. what happened was you were standing there everything was great and fine you were talking very uh, uh, very sanguinely and everything was fine and then you suddenly collapsed like they cut the strings on a marionette. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, see, yesterday, the, the one I gave Michael was about ending up in a pool hall that I didn't really belong in. Right. Which is n- never a good place to be. But um, <laughs> I, I believe this, was, this was like a Sunday Sunday evening. I went out. I, I think I actually went out to watch the Flyers game. And I went to a, a pub north of town quite a ways. Okay. Right. But I got friends that work up there. I was like, ah, fuck it. I'll drive up there and see them. I haven't seen them for a while. So we're hanging out, you know, we're doing some drinks. We're playing pool after the game's over. It's getting around midnight, maybe one o'clock. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, old uh, or this guy, I, I I would call him a friend at the time. Mm-hmm. Now, right. not so much. Okay, not so much. <laughs> um, comes up and offers me a, a edible, right? Okay. Edible doesn't qualify this, right? Right. Now, to me, edible, when you don't qualify it, that's just weed. You know, it's, it's yes. a little, little THC, 
It's going to get you buzzed. You know, it's going to be fine. So I eat the edible and keep playing pool and, you know, I'm having a pint, having a shot. And about 45 minutes goes by and I'm still not, nothing's kicking in. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, you know, like, what's it? Was that pretty, like, low dose or what? He's like, no, no, man, you know, it's just like that thing will take a second to settle in. But, you know, what it does, you're going to be, ooh, you, you got a long trip. Oh, uh, my. I said, I said, a long what? He goes, yeah, man, this is some of the best acid I've ever had. And I went, what? <laughs> what, man? I said, no, 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 you didn't say, would you like to drop acid at one o'clock in the morning on a Sunday? You said, would you like an edible? Yeah. So you can't really do anything about it at that point. I was along for the ride. And about a half hour later, it kicked in. Yeah. I'm miles, miles and miles from home. Uh, <laughs> so I, I don't really know. I got to ride somehow like back into the edge of town. Right. But that was still a great distance from my house downtown. <laughs> and at some point around four in the morning, and again, this is in like January, so it's about, you know, uh, 10 below, so 10 Celsius below right. zero. Yep. Um, I take off walking from this person's apartment in a uh, sport coat and brown brogues. Okay. The seven miles back downtown. Uh-huh. So I, I arrived downtown roughly when the sun's coming up somehow, mm-hmm. uh, stumble into my house, see that nobody else is there, then walk another mile to another friend's house where they're still up somehow doing things from the night before. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm m- maybe halfway through this by this point, right. maybe. Um, apparently, I just walked in and sat down in the dining room floor. And just let the world go on around me. Uh-huh. And uh, that, that's where I woke up about 14 hours later. Uh, not exactly. I have no idea where I was, how I got there. The, the, the whole story had to be pieced back together for me. Right, but, right, right, right. Um, yeah, if you're going to offer someone an edible, please make sure that they know yes. what is in the edible, friends. What is involved in this, yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the, 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 there's a slight difference in the category of drug there. <laughs> yes. Oh, that will do it. Uh, sorry we still have some questions, but uh, we, we, we're up against our hour and a half, and I got uh-huh. shit to do this afternoon. So, um, like I said, Crowpot's back on Twitter at the old Copeland Road org handle. Um, hop on. I'm, I'm still – the last one I have to get is the Apple Podcast one. I need somebody to help me. I, just somebody with a functioning – Apple ID account that can submit the goddamn thing to the podcast side. Colin, Colin was helping me, but he was still sick and I didn't feel like bothering him. I don't know if he's healthy. He can come back and give me a hand. But if not, if, some, if somebody, for the love he's, of Christ, he's getting there. He's getting yeah, there. Yes. Somebody for the love of Christ with an active Apple ID account that can just submit the thing to the podcast creator. That would be fucking amazing. Cause that's the last one I need. Uh, but all, all the other ones are updated. Of course, anchor.fm backslash crowpod. Uh, Todd, you can find all of his stuff at HeyIt'sTVA.com and find him on Twitter at HeyIt'sTVA. Thank you, Todd. Pleasure as always. Anything coming up? Uh, next week I've got the online version of my write em up show and then the live one will be, uh, November 20th in Toronto at Comedy Bar. Uh, also dates coming up in, uh, Kingston and, uh, Ottawa as well. So, uh, that's coming up in November. You can go to HeyIt'sTVA.com slash calendar for details. You're back on the road doing real work. Look at you. Real work. It's real work. God's work. 
<laughs> David, David, of course, on Twitter at Ibrox Rocks, everything heart and hand. Thank you, David. Pleasure, as always, gentlemen. And we'll be back next Tuesday after actual football. Yay. Yay, right? There, there is actual football <laughs> coming. Actual football, yay. Huzzah. Yeah, huzzah, huzzah. All right, that'll do it. We'll talk to you all then. Bye. Some people call me the space cowboy. 